We've got a jam-packed show coming your way on Inside the NRL. Christian Welsh joins us ahead of Melbourne's grand final rematch against the Panthers. We preview the latest chapter of the Book of Feuds as the Roosters chase revenge following last year's 52-point thumping. And Mitchell Pearce plays his 300th NRL game on Sunday, but will the veteran half reach 400? Hello and welcome to another episode of Inside the NRL. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll have all of that plus the latest injury and judiciary news after a big weekend of footy. Of course, it was wet and wild. Michael Chamis from the Sydney Morning Herald, Jamie Soward from the Dragons, fresh off the win. <laughs> but as I said then, it was a wet and wild weekend and to everybody out there, Currently in flood-affected areas, anyone that has been affected by the rain and, of course, all of the emergency personnel and the SES volunteers who are out there helping others, risking their own lives, we thank you and our thoughts are with you. That's on behalf of everybody at the National Rugby League. All right, we kick off the show each week with what left egg on your face. So I'll start with you, Sowie. What le- left egg on your face after round two? Uh, the Newcastle Knights. I haven't picked them two weeks in a row. I was probably a little bit dicey on their chances to make the eight this year. I uh, still need to see a little bit more, but on the weekend, Bradman Best was fantastic, coming up with some really big plays, and they hung in there against the Warriors side, who finished the year great, started well last week against the Gold Coast Titans, but... They've actually just got some genuine leaders up there in, in Saifidi and it's allowed Clemmer to go out and play his game and they're building off the back of that. So Newcastle Knights, well done. What about you, Michael? I, I don't like this segment. You don't want to start the show just admitting you're wrong all the time. <laughs> I love it I'm because a journalist. your I don't ego want to just goes... <laughs> well, it's been... Look, I tipped the Tigers to make the eight. I tipped the Tigers to beat Canberra and I foolishly tipped the Tigers to beat the Roosters on the weekend. I'm tipping Tigers to finish bottom two this year. I, it just, just wasn't pretty at all. It was embarrassing, uh, the way they handled themselves against the Roosters yesterday. I don't, I don't mind So it's the losing. nature of the loss. Yeah, I don't it's mind them losing. I think moments. everyone expected them to struggle against Canberra. Well, not everyone. I didn't. Canberra and the Roosters, but they just didn't give in yet. Didn't give what they should. You've also got egg all over your face because a couple of weeks ago you said the Dragons won't win in the first month. I didn't say that. was the kicking coach. <laughs> oh, come on. Yes. <laughs> no, well done, Sowie. Uh, you must have enjoyed Saturday night. Yeah, it was good. I had to call the game for radio, so it was a little bit hard at times watching it uh, and still being neutral, but that was a fantastic win on the road. It's a tough place to play up there at Townsville and the boys went very, very well. Okay, yeah, of course, a massive weekend in round three coming up. We will all witness the latest chapter of the Book of Feuds on Friday night, but between the Roosters and Rabbitohs. Yeah. Are in the air. That's the biggest win ever. Yeah, it uh, hurts a lot. Over the Rooster side by the men in red and green. Very embarrassing for us. Allen will score. Oh, he's giving it to Alex Johnson. You know, he gave him the balls. It was a wonderful moment in sport, actually. Makes sport great to me. This could have been 80. Yeah, it's not, not much more to say than that, really. His team has just been demoralised by 16 points to ace. South. Big, big tackle there. Banged into the ground by Mitchell. Take a look at this, mate. 30 metre line. Here's Tate three. Goes inside the 10. Still going. Right this down in the book of views. Walker, and he goes all the way. Big 
Well, after watching that, I wish that was the preview to the game. I wish it was tonight, but we've got to wait a couple of nights. Sal, we, of course, the Roosters, they had uh, Manly in round one. They had the Tigers on the weekend, and then the Rabbitohs had Manly in round one. Both genuine top four teams coming into this. Who has more to prove? I think it's South Sydney. They have a lot to prove just to themselves. They've three prelim finals, a lot of talk in the off-season about Reynolds and his contract and where they go from here, but they need to come out and make a statement for me against the Roosters. The Roosters have been flawless in the first two rounds, and, and you know what you're going to get. They're a professional team every single week, but I think South Sydney have a point to prove to show that last year they, they're one or two players away from making a grand final, maybe Latrell Mitchell, so I'm going to say South Sydney this week. Don't underestimate that the effect of that 6-8 loss on the Roosters this week. They will come out with an absolute point to prove. They would have been embarrassed and they would have spoken about it. They will be speaking about it all week. I, I say about the Roosters, though, I reckon their premiership ended that night last year. It just took such a big toll on what they were going The premiership yeah. ended? Yeah, I just their they chance They lost by a going. point to Penrith. Yep. Yeah. But mentally, mentally. They led 10 nil after no, 10 minutes. They mentally lost it that night. Yeah, well, mentally they were up for the first 10 minutes and then they lost by <laughs> a point right lost it. it is a huge rivalry and it was a massive loss. How does Robbo address this during the week? Yeah, and look, I, I, don't, I disagree with Michael. They won't be talking about it this week. This will be business as usual. It's a new year. It's a new look side. Lock and Lamb's in there now. They played really, really well on the weekend. They're flying at the moment. He'll be wanting his side to go out and do their job. And that's what the Roosters made them so good. They go out, do their job week after week. And in the other dressing room, it'll be like that from Wayne Bennett. The big thing that, that's going to separate these two teams is it's the weather and whether South Sydney can control the ball. Because the last two years, you watch them, they're such a great side to watch when they're free-flowing and, and everything's going right. But they have a tendency to beat themselves with errors and get themselves into a hole early in games. Adam Reynolds suffered a head knock against Manly in round two. He is expected to play on Friday night, but Sowie, if he doesn't, it means Benji Marshall comes in the halves alongside Cody Walker. How does that combination work? Because Benji has had great success as that roaming middle half coming off the bench. Yeah, he was my buy of the year at the start of the year. I said a couple of weeks ago, based off his, his experience, and the game right now needs experience. You look at the teams that have struggled on the weekend, they lack that experience in whether it's in the halves or just somewhere around the ruck to help settle the team down. He comes on on the weekend, makes some plays. He made a difference in round one against the Melbourne Storm. He came on, floated the middle, was able to be a distributor. Adam Reynolds goes down with concussion on the weekend. He steps right in, and it's just normal uh, business as usual for the for the halves. I reckon the teams that passed on Benji in the off-season are oh, sitting back now thinking... You don't think the Bulldogs would be wanting... What are we doing? Yeah. What, what did we do? Like, yeah, he has added... I, I'll tell you what he would have been good for. The same role for Parramatta, because they are desperate for a 14 Parramatta, and Benji would have added a lot to that club. There are a few there who uh, have missed the boat. All right, that's Friday night footy. What about Thursday night's blockbuster between the reigning premiers of the Melbourne Storm? They head to Penrith to take on the Panthers, who haven't conceded a point so far this season. Michael Chamis, all eyes will be on Nathan Cleary, who also suffered a head knock in round two. What's the latest? Look, I think it's very unlikely Nathan Cleary will play. However, he met the doctors this morning. He's going to go through the protocols in the next few days, and Penrith will give him every opportunity to play on Friday. Um, on Thursday night against the Melbourne Storm. Now, he was obviously... He passed the HIA and it wasn't a... It was a pretty heavy Ooh. clash from Dallin here. And he wasn't in a good... Well, he was in a good way, but it's a pretty heavy knock. So I think there's going to be a matter of duty of care here with Penrith in their decision-making. Do they... You know, was it a concussion under the HIA? He didn't, didn't fail. So technically, he doesn't need clearance. But I just think a five-day turnaround, it's going to be a big ask and... 
Yeah, I don't see Nathan Cleary playing. There's no need to rush him. This is a long season. He's played a lot of footy early on in his career. I, I think that he'll sit out. The more important loss is Appy Coruscant and what he does for their for their team. He's so vital to the halves' chances and 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 where they get the ball and how they get the ball. So Cleary, massive loss, but Appy Coruscant out for extended time. That's huge. Just just on Cleary though, if it wasn't a grand final rematch, is or if say they're up against a side that they're expected to beat the Bulldogs, Manly, one of those struggling teams, is it an automatic not playing? Is it, yes. Does it change your decision? Even if they all say you know all all the, he gets the green light across all the medical tests. Is that the the big thing that his dad and coach, Ivan Cleary, has to weigh up? Well, you'd have to ask Ivan that, and it's probably a good question when you're out there on Thursday <laughs> after the game. But this is a kid that's played so much footy early on. I don't see the point of risking him here and pushing him out there on the short turnaround, especially with the weather and the conditions they played on the weekend. That takes a lot more out of you than just a normal, regular round game. So no rush for me. Knowing Nathan, he'll want to play because of what happened last year and the talk around, can he do it in the big games? He'll want to come out this week, play, He can do it in Melbourne. the big games. Whoever's saying, can he do it in the big yeah, games, the, doesn't Sal, know you can't deny the questions league. were asked, though, of him. And he would have heard them, that in origin he couldn't get the job done, in the grand final he couldn't get the job done. I'm not saying he's not a good player, but Nathan Cleary yeah. would want to play. And people ask him that, okay. know nothing about the game. So we've got no Cleary, potentially, definitely no Coruscant. So if it's Dylan Edwards, relatively young in that position against Jerome Luai, breakout year last year. But what impact would having the two most experienced players of their spine missing on him this week in such a big game. Yeah, huge. I mean, Jerome Luai is a beneficiary of their systems in play out there and he, a couple of times when Nathan Cleary didn't play last year or the years previous, he's gone out there with a free reign because he hasn't really had the spotlight on him. He went out there with Tyra May against the Warriors. Remember, that that was his coming of age into, into the NRL. So uh, he'll, he'll have to take a little bit more of the responsibility in terms of where they turn the ball over, but uh, he might have uh, a little bit of help there in the halves as well. What about uh, Matt Burton <laughs> helping the halves? He's been great in New South Wales Cup in the last couple of weeks. There's been immense pressure on him. He's had nothing to do with it. It's been a tug of war between the Panthers and the Bulldogs. If he's thrown in in the halves in such a big game, how will he perform? I Can hope, he handle that step up? I, selfishly, I hope Nathan's out because I'd love to see how he handles this. And so much talk around the kid over the last few weeks or months about his future and how good he's going to be. He's going to be exceptional. I started last year at the start of the year and you asked me who's the rookie of the year and I said Matt Burton will be the rookie of the year. Now, I didn't expect Jerome Luai to have the year he did, so he didn't get the chance, but... He's special, Matt Burton, and Canterbury are pushing so hard for a reason. I like to see what he does against Melbourne on the weekend. Is, is there a chance he starts on the bench on the weekend? Like, is the Tyro May defensively up against the Premiers, you know, a tough game, and then bring Burton on after 15, 20 minutes? Yeah, not a bad point. I, I think Penrith just want to give... If, if it is Burton, they'll just throw him in and say, yep. show us what you can do at seven. All right, a host of players will be missing action in round three, four, and even some in round five after being bad boys in round two. Here's a wash-up from the match review committee charges out of the weekend. Of course, it was all headlined by Felice Cafusi on Thursday night. He'll miss two matches for his dangerous contact charge. We've got Phoenix Crossland. He'll also miss two minutes, uh, two weeks. Rather, Jermaine Tornoa-Brown will miss three weeks for a crusher tackle. Dallin Watanese-Lesniak, uh, he had that or gave that high shot to Nathan Cleary. That's a two-week ban. And Cole Felt will miss two matches due to a dangerous throw. Uh, the player at the top of that list, uh, Sowie, um, Felice Cafusi, did they go too far or did they get it right in that sanction? Oh, I mean, all having two matches, it's all different, isn't it? The Cole Felt one was, you know, lifting tackle. Dallin's was, you know, swinging arm coming in, uh, but wrong-footed. I actually... 
probably didn't think Felices was that that bad. Like I don't know if there was a lot of um, intent to go down on the throw. I know we're going to slow it down and have a look at it there, but he's just trying to go down. He's not even looking at where Brian Madison's head is. A uh, bit lucky, it probably wasn't a little bit higher, but I think he's just a, a physical guy trying to get the ball out there and, and come up with an error for his team. I disagree, Sally. I think there was intent, and the reason he only got two weeks is because the intent didn't actually come off. I think he's very fortunate that he didn't collect him flush with that elbow. He connected with him, but if he came down on him when he hit the ground with that elbow, he would have been facing a lot more time on the side. You're talking about if, though. Yeah, well, that's why he's only getting two weeks. He should have been sin bin. The NRL's admitted as much that he should have been sin bin on the weekend. If Dallin was sin bin for what happened to Nathan... Well, that's that's the other confusing part. You look at those rap sheets. Felt wasn't sin binned. Felice Kafusi wasn't sin binned. Dallin was sin binned. And then Jaden Sewell was sin binned with a second to go. Like, that, to me, the consistency of the team getting the advantage straight away especially in, as the, the year goes on, those games matter from the start. So that, that's probably a little bit more confusing than the rap sheet. Yeah, I, I get your point. It's harder to get consistency on the field because every, every game's a different referee, whereas the match review, you expect consistency because the same people are making But isn't decisions. a professional foul a professional foul? Well, it depends how you interpret it, right? We sit here argue things. Well, there's the a rule book in how you yeah, oh, I understand. But was Cole Feltz a spear tackle? But the professional foul... Was Cole Feltz a spear how, tackle? How was Dallin's a professional foul? He knocked a player out. Okay, and how's that? So why is Kafusi? So that's what I said. Kafusi should have been Simbin. Yes, Kyle but Phelps the interpretation. Been we're sitting here arguing about whether there was intent, whether he got like every referee is going to look at it differently, which is why sometimes there's inconsistency on those things. Okay, all right. Hit or misses <laughs> later. So please, gents, don't get uh, too carried away um, right there. It's now time for the casualty board, brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. And we've just spoken about the key uh, players that could be in doubt for this week. Of course, Nathan Cleary and Adam Reynolds need a pass test for their concussions, as do uh, as does Jackson Paulo. Chanel Harris-Tavita, a blow for the Warriors. He's out indefinitely with a foot injury. Bailey Sirenen, they're saying it's just precautionary, but he was seen in a sling after their match on the weekend. Andrew Davey, sadly, it looks like an ACL for him. That is devastating news after he started on the edge for Manly on the weekend. Kate Cust also suffered a head knock. Raymond Fartala Mariner, he has scans and we're yet to find out how long he'll be missing for. Dallin, of course, he is suspended, but he may miss even longer with a calf issue. Ryan Madison on the end of that Felice Kafusi shot, he needs a test if he's going to play this weekend against the Sharks. Wunga Blake, he was ruled out ahead of round two with a calf injury and will miss four weeks. Hudson Young has a knee injury. Now, a couple of updates here. So, Craig Bellamy said on the weekend that Harry Grant could miss three to five weeks, which Ooh. is a blow. So, that's round six at best. James Roberts will have to pass a fitness test this week. Jason Talmalolo will miss four weeks uh, with a broken hand. Doesn't need surgery, though. Abby Corusau, four to six weeks. And Victor Radley, that is a big in for the Roosters ahead of their match with the Rabbitohs. All right, that's a lot to take in. It's now time for Hit or Miss. Now, the Sharks went down by two points to the Raiders last night, if you're tuning into that match on a soggy Sunday night. The question or the statement, Chad Townsend is not to blame for the Sharks' loss. Sowie. Uh, it's not to blame. Yeah, I agree with that. So, so it's a hit. Hit, hit. Um, yeah, I saw the goal kicks and it's easy at the end of the game to put up the highlights of him missing kicks. And yeah, yes, they are gettable. Yes, it's a, of a standard there. He should throw them over. But, you know, he, he laid on the try for Will Kennedy. He kept them in the game with his game management. And, you know, sometimes as a goal kicker, you have these afternoons. 
and uh, unfortunately for Chad it was, but it's, it's a team game and yeah, at the end you get blamed for those kicks, but I don't think he was the sole reason to blame. At the end you get blamed for those kicks. He's not the sole reason. Oh, look, as a person he's a friend of the show, Chad Townsend, lovely fella, but if you're waking up today as a Cronulla fan, you're saying Chad Townsend cost us the game. Whether that's right or not, most Cronulla fans are waking up this morning saying the same thing. Unfortunately for Chad, he'll have to live with that and he'll bounce back. It's a, it's a miss for me. He is mm. to blame. One person's kicked goals in an actual game, the other person hasn't. And when you missed those kicks, I blamed you. Yeah, that's right. Me too, that vision <laughs> of when uh, Michael and Jamie had their field goal. Yeah, that was uh, a good day. Actually. I don't think we've ever played that vision. <laughs> no, Save that for later. It's okay. Uh, our second hit or miss uh, statement, he just played in his 150th NRL match on the weekend. So Luke Brooks is still the answer for the West Tigers. Miss, uh, and it pains me to say it, I, I, I had, as I said at the start of the show, big expectations of the West Tigers this year, and I thought this was going to be Luke Brooks's, Luke Brooks's time to shine. I get they played the Raiders and Roosters, but what we saw from Luke Brooks in the first two weeks, it, it's just dumbfounding. Like the, 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 some of the simple errors in his game, the kicking game, he just looks lost, Luke Brooks, and he's a quality, quality footballer. I just don't know if he's the right fit anymore for the West Tigers. I'm not saying to drop him, no, because they made the mistake last year of dropping Benji Marshall prematurely, and I hope Luke Brooks proves me wrong, but you start to get the feeling that perhaps the West Tigers, after seven, eight years with Luke Brooks at the helm and not making a final series, perhaps time to look elsewhere if they can do that. I'm going to say hit uh, based off their first two opponents. Yeah, really tough place to play down in Canberra, plus the Roosters were just rolling on the weekend. He's on hiding to nothing, but... They do need to, to put the heat on. Like, if Kevy gave uh, Brady Croft a month, like, he's probably got one week left. Yeah, Jock Madden. We've talked about Jock Madden, all that kind of stuff. And, and Luke Brooks has played his best footy when he's had that security blanket at six. And now they've changed. He's had it. It'd be nice to see how many halves partners he's actually had in the last eight years because it's been like a revolving door. They've never really settled it. They've got a one there now. They've never had a settled nine. So he's been the brunt of that. He's getting paid the big bucks. He's going to have to cop the blame. The club won't say it publicly, but do you think they regret the decision to let Benji go? Yes. Did they let him go a year too early? Yes. No, I don't think so. Why not? Not that Benji wasn't up for it. I just think the Tigers needed to go in a different direction. And they still need to go in a different direction. They're, they're, having Benji for one more year didn't serve any purpose for the Tigers. Like they, they need to build to something going forward. And this is not a knock on Benji because he's a fantastic signing. You said he's the signing of the year for South Sydney and would have been great for another club. The Tigers needed to move on. And whether they handled it well or not, that's a different argument. But in terms of having him at the club... Time, time was up for Benji. OK, Mitchell Pearce, uh, one of the game's best halfbacks, will play his 300th game this weekend. NRL.com sat down with him this morning and asked whether he'll play on for 400. As long as I'm playing good footy, if I'm not playing good footy, I'll, I'll hang the boots up myself. But as long as I'm still doing my job for the team and um, doing what I'm required to do as a halfback, I'll, I'll keep swinging. So Mitchell Pearce will play 400 NRL games. Jamie Soward. Uh... I'll say hit, miss, I don't know. Hello? Hit, hit, hit. I'd say Will, but he's, you know, the, the long term, only getting a one-year deal probably throws a little bit of shade over that, whether he's going to get there or not. He's still 300, so he'd have to play another four seasons as well. So I'll say uh, hit, but only just. Yeah, I'll say hit. I think he will do it. He's, he's young. He's one of the youngest players to play 300. He started as a 17-year-old, so I, I think he will. I think he'll nutch up. They'll have to make the finals, though, this yeah. year. And he also... I know Kubrick Cronk played to his like 36 or whatever, but Pearcey plays the game extremely tough. 
Oh, what are well, you saying about Cooper? No, but he just gets, <laughs> he gets in there and he, he's, he's on highlights reel for his defence, yeah. whereas Cooper probably wasn't a lot. Well, and not play- many halfbacks are. Joey Johns was one that was. Sowie, like me, he was as well. The <laughs> highlight reel for his defence. <laughs> I was being put, I'd be put yeah. 10 rows into the, by GI. Yeah, anyway, appreciate it. <laughs> speaking of uh, GI, he was one of Melbourne's greats before he moved to the Bunnies. We got the Penrith side of things ahead of this week's grand final rematch a short time ago. Now it's time to get a word out of the Melbourne camp. We're lucky enough to be joined by their prop, Christian Welsh. Christian, thanks so much for joining us uh, from your car. Uh, Bellyache, did he keep you out there a little bit longer than we expected? G'day guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a big day today. Um, big few days of review and uh, and yeah, it was uh, three days out from the game. It's our big day today. So yeah, just getting home now. Christian, a lot of talk over the off-season about Cam and what hole he leaves there. I want to know off the field, mate, because Cam's been the one to pull blokes in the line over the years, and now with Cameron Munster and blokes like Brandon Smith running the show, who's keeping everyone in check? Is that your role? What's what's the uh, discipline like at the club at the moment? Oh, mate, I uh, I lived with Munster for three years. I tried keeping him in line and, and failed horribly. But um, <laughs> nah, look, those guys, as much as we, I suppose we do like talking about their personalities, um, they're, they're pretty mature guys as well. I think they play it up a bit for the media, but um, you know they're senior players in our team now. Cameron Munster is. You know, he's probably our leader now in the, in the halves. And, and then uh, we've got some really strong leadership with Jesse and Dale. So, um, yeah, a bunch of guys. And um, But, yeah, I think that's a big thing for our club is to not shy away from the personalities we have. We've got some great guys from Addo Carr, Brandon Smith, uh, Munster, and they bring uh, so much to our team on and off the field. Christian, a lot will be made about the grand final rematch this week. How do you approach this as premiers? Have you spoken about how Penrith are going to come out of the gates and whether Cleary uh, is going to play or not? Uh, not really, mate. To be honest, we um, they're just a classy side. Uh, we've been reviewing their, their first two games, and they're, they're so well drilled, and, and they work really hard. And um, you know, certainly from a front rowers perspective, the guys in the middle they've got there, they, they really do the little things well. It's something I suppose we place an emphasis on in Melbourne, and uh, I really respect the way they go about their business. So it's going to be a really tough hit out, especially in Penrith. Uh, it's going to be very vocal, and I'm sure both teams will, will put on a good show. What did you learn out of the loss to Parramatta last week? Because it looked at times, and obviously as analysts, we, we looked back to Cameron Smith and how he controlled the ruck. What did you guys learn as a forward pack about patience and applying pressure to Parramatta, which you weren't able to do? Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well there, Sowie. Um, I thought we had enough chances. We, you know, They pulled off some really, really good try-saving tackles, but we just lost a bit of composure. Um, and that's something that's going to take a bit of time. You know, We're getting used to playing without Cameron Smith, who used to really rally the team and push it around in those really uh, clutch moments. So uh, I suppose just getting adjusting to that and, and, and building pressure off that we gave ourselves enough opportunities to win that game. But um, just couldn't get over the line. And then uh, and then Parramatta really played really strong footy in that second half. I think they were at 80 or 90% completion in those conditions, which, uh, you know, it's pretty hard to beat a side in that um, when, when they're completing that well. So they played really well, Parramatta. Christian, you have to get used to playing without Felice Kafusi this week. I was looking forward to the battle on that edge between Viliami Kika, who's in great form, and against uh, Felice. Uh, how do you stop big Viliami on the edge this week? Yeah, I don't think anyone can really stop that fellow. He's a machine. He's, he's that <laughs> strong. So uh, just trying to limit our damage and, and, and try and um, shut him down and, and I suppose be aware of it. It's, it's one thing knowing it's coming and, and it's other thing stopping it. So we've got to work cut out for us. Um, so we've we've actually got Felice Cafusi running as our poor man's um, Bill Kickow uh, in, in our opposition at, at training. So I was saying to him today, we need 
we needed a back row with a bit of punch, you know, to mimic him, you know, <laughs> not Felice Capusi. So uh, he's trying to do a good job in, in trying to mirror, I suppose, what he does in his tendencies. Hey, Christian, good news. Craig Bellamy's staying on for another year as well. Oh, really? I would, well, <laughs> hopefully. Trying to get you there. <laughs> that was a curveball. Almost got you. Yeah. Tried to get you. Don't fall for it, mate. <laughs> Not even when you that question was coming. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I really hope so. Um, but no, I haven't heard anything. And, you know, I'm, I'm well down the pecking order to find those things out. So I'll probably find out before. With everyone else. They've taught oh. you well. They've taught you well. Christian, well, very well handled. And uh, hopefully the wet clears by a Thursday night and you have an absolute cracker against the Panthers on Thursday night. Thanks for joining us on Inside the NRL. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, I, don't, I actually don't mind the wet. It actually slows the fast guys down, so it gives us a chance. <laughs> us about listening to <laughs> well Happy said, days. mate. Well said. Thanks, guys. Cheers. All right, uh, Michael, bit of a curveball. Oh, <laughs> oh, you know what? You nearly got him. You nearly got him. For you a second, I thought we had something there. He's but crafty, this bloke. He's... Sometimes you just got to throw a curveball out there. And I thought we had the reaction, but they don't give much away, Melbourne. He looks sideways going, oh, oh. No. <laughs> How does he know? How does he know? We've got to end this call here. Um, but he's a real champion, and it's a great segue into our champ or chump this week. And, Michael, it's your week to highlight our champ of the week. Yeah, the champ of the week for me is Little Luai, Mini Luai. Uh, on the footy show on Sunday, Jerome was doing an interview and little fella just oh, oh. just wanted to take centre stage. Cuteness. He looks exactly like him, doesn't he? It's, yeah, uh, It's good to see at Penrith some of these young guys with their kids. And uh, uh, Sowie, I know you didn't get the chance to, to play when you had children, but it's, it's good to see these guys get a chance on the field. Like we see Mitchell Pearce this week play his 300th. Yeah. The vision of him watching his dad at Leichhardt, like it's... As a parent, I imagine you would have loved the opportunity to do that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, taking the girls to the footy now is, is a big thrill. So I love seeing that kind of stuff. It's good. Okay, so that's our champ. Well, who's your chump of the week? I actually don't know who it is. <laughs> I heard it. I, I, so offence to anyone. If it's anyone I know, I apologise. <laughs> but there was uh, some comments made in the press conference at Newcastle. And I'll, I'll let you listen to it and make up your own mind if it's the chump of the week or not. Rex was pretty solid tonight. Rex was pretty solid behind the text. Rex, yeah. Oh, yep. Sorry. Yep. Wait, Rex. Boys will have fun with that. <laughs> we certainly will. Rex Hoy. Rex Hoy. The, the Who nice was it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Was it you, Zach? It wasn't me. I threw out, sorry, uh, Dan. I thought it was Dan Walsh. Dan Walsh. Uh, so no, no, and then he doubled yeah. down. He was like, you mean Tex? He's like, no, no, Rex. And then he goes, hey, Tex. <laughs> so I reckon the boys, uh, actually, they'll be having a field day, wouldn't they? Is that oh, his new yeah. nickname stuck now? 100%. Yeah, you don't get to pick your own nicknames. So. No, it was a chump of the week, Brent Reed, for that question. In, in <laughs> uh-huh. Threatened. <laughs> and normally, it, we just stick to someone's week, but I've got to chime in here and say my champs of the week, because I've got several, and it's everyone that braved the conditions during round two, but there were a couple of highlights that I saw when I was sitting on the couch uh, with a nice cup of tea on the weekend, staying warm. Oh. The line marker oh, out oh, of the Bulldogs-Panthers oh, yes. match uh, wasn't really doing much. He did it about six times throughout the, the day, opposite I was effect. told. It was actually taking away the line. <laughs> six times I, I heard throughout the game. Uh, of course, Adam Reynolds... Um, jumping off the bus, going to Brookie Oval. Forget Eric the Eel. This is Renault the Rabbit, ready to swim laps at Brookie Oval. Uh, he was in great form. And, of course, uh, one of our favourites on the weekend, oh, the security guard. That was oh. also at the same game. 
uh, braving the elements. Uh, not too sure if he'd be checking many te fans' tickets at that point. We wouldn't have made many temperature te checks, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no, that's right. And, of course, we always love someone getting in their wetsuit at the footy. Scooper Steve <laughs> with the flippers and yeah. all. So I reckon out there, he I takes the cake for uh, my champ of the week. Uh, there were also some guys that were on the hill at Brookie Oval. I think they were set to go to the, uh, the races, the Golden Slipper, and it was called off. So they were in, on the hill in their suits. Suits and tie, ready to go. So well done again um, to all the guys that braved the uh, guys and girls that braved the weather out there on the weekend. Um, of course, teams and our all teams is back tomorrow from 3:55 p.m. with Neve Owens, Brett Kamali, and Robbie Farah. They'll be on air at 3:55 Australian Daylight Standard Time before they announce official team lineups from 4 p.m. That's it from us, though, guys. Well done, mate. Good show. Good Great show. Uh, to have Christian Welsh on. One-year deal, I'll go write it up now. <laughs> Breaking news, catch it all on the Sydney Morning Herald website. Of course, as I said, it was a wet weekend of footy. We loved every minute of it. I think she's